podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Monday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler, self-isolating in my bedroom with the microphone. <laughs> sitting with my laptop to the right of me. I'm sitting on the floor, laptop to the right of me. I've got a, a, a wee stool that my wife likes to sit on to do our makeup. That is pushed up right to my groin uh, so I can balance the mic on that. And I'm leaning against the bed with two pillows on my back and a small glass of Prosecco beside me because we've still got some leftover from the wedding. And I'm joined down the line by Joel Sked. Hello, I'm just sitting at a table. And Craig Cairns. Hello, I'm sitting with all this new equipment around me, pretending I know how it works. <laughs> trying not to knock things over as I speak. Perhaps one day we'll actually get to use the £1,300 <laughs> of equipment that we've paid for. Um, oh well, at least it gives you plenty of time to practice with it before anybody actually comes around your house. Yeah, exactly. Although I could probably have a setup here where I could have one of the guys around and we could be two metres apart while we record. That's true. And as long as nobody coughs while you're doing it, you, you should be fine. No spluttering. Right, let's uh, so we've got there's not a whole lot to talk about since last week, but we've got a few things on the agenda. But first of all, because I've certainly not been on the the main podcast since this all happened, I'm not sure. Uh, Joel and yourself, Craig, you were on last week. So since last week, obviously things have got a bit more strict uh, in terms of the UK and, and what you know. On Friday night, it was announced that all bars and restaurants would be shutting. I think today was the I think McDonald's would be shut. Last night, and when McDonald's are closing, you know it's serious. So, how? I'll go to yourself first of all, Joel. How have you been coping this last seven days? All right, it, it, it doesn't seem to be that much a change for me because, I, to be fair, I usually work two or three days a week from home anyway. Uh, so, the, the working from home is not a big, a big change. It probably hit home on Friday when I was trying to organise or about to organise some drinks for my birthday on the Saturday, probably foolishly and recklessly. I don't think many people would have uh, would have came along. And then my other half texted me about the pubs closing and that ruined all, all that. So it was a bit of a surreal weekend. When it comes to actual football, I've not missed it too much. I think it's because still working and uh, having to do... My job or try to do a job as uh, Fowler and I have found out it's very um it's it's quite tedious at the moment. And I think it's just gonna get even more tedious that when when we're finished, it's like it's actually quite a good to get away from football. I have to concentrate on trying to come up with ideas. But obviously, in a way, I do miss football because it gives us actually stuff to write and talk about. Yeah, so in the last couple of last few days so on Saturday, I did a live blog on player ratings of a game that took place four years ago. It wasn't actually uh, as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, it was kind of hard. It was, it was the usual. It was actually harder to do uh, player ratings than because we get asked to do that quite a lot where we're told to do the live blog and do player ratings. And I'm like, do we have to do both? Because it's hard to it's hard to know fully how well or, or not well players are played if you're having to write constantly throughout the match because you, you don't really get time to digest anything. You, you're often having to write while the play's still going on and it's just a bit of pain in the arse. And it was even worse for the, the 2016 Cup final because as it was a game that took place four years ago, I felt I needed to write a lot more 
rather than just the action because it was pointless mm. just writing the action everybody's seen it so I was kind of having to give comment on everything you give comments a bit more and you, and you try to look for other things and it was just yeah it, it was difficult but at the same time it was quite enjoyable because mainly because I forgot how fucking brilliant a football game that was especially the first half it was just an insane 45 minutes and then obviously Halliday's uh, goal in the late comeback as well it was just it was just I mean I know Joel would have hated it but um, I, I actually quite enjoyed doing that um, today I then was asked to write <laughs> something. Well, well, write something about Martin Boyle playing FIFA uh, against a YouTuber and streaming it to live. Uh, so I watched it also on my dictaphone beside the laptop, which was on the entire time. In case he said that it was newsworthy, uh, and then in the end, just kind of had to write a, a match report about Martin Boyle playing FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> How, how did it do? How did it do traffic wise? It wasn't amazing, but it, it wasn't terrible. But it, I don't think it it flew as much as maybe could a boss might have hoped. I think I got. I think by the end of today, I think the last time I checked, I had eight hundred. That was like after an hour or so. So it's think, currently got just over two thousand. Yeah, I was going to guess. I was going to say maybe two thousand uh, or twenty five hundred by the by the end of the today. And yeah, I mean, again, it wasn't. It wasn't the worst thing I've been asked to do. Uh, sorry, it wasn't the most boring thing I've been asked to do anyway, because it was quite funny just listening to to Boyle uh, like slag off his teammates and stuff while he was playing the game. Uh, but you know, it's, and he's it's off the game now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's got Xbox or PS4 though, because I'm getting a PS4. So, uh, which I hope I can be able to get. If I mean Boris has got the press conference for half eight, we're now at half six. Uh, if the whole Country goes into lockdown. Can I pick up my PS4 tomorrow? Because <laughs> I really want the PS4. I want not to be bored Where's as much. Uh, Argos. Okay. Yeah. It's inside not. the Sainsbury's though, so I think I might be allowed. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, we'll right, uh, Craig. How about yourself? How's your uh, How's your week been? Pretty much the same. I sit in my house on my own quite a lot, so it's been pretty much the same. I've been on annual leave, which has been quite pointless. <laughs> um, this is this is something I was I was speaking to a mate. I bumped in on the, on the street just before I came on came on here, and we were talking about. Uh, I mentioned about holidays. Is that no one's want no one want to go and take a like take a holiday because you mean sitting take a holiday from sitting in the house to sit in the house a bit more, and then you'll lose them because there'll not be enough room for everybody to take them by then. Yeah, exactly. Year. And then so once we get back to work, everyone's like everyone's just going to be chucking in holidays to finally get a break and go somewhere. It just it's going to be pandemonium. Yeah, I've cancelled the holiday that was I had for Monday uh, because there was no point. Um, we were supposed to be going to the glass house in Edinburgh as a kind of mini kind of honeymoon thing mm. and just staying there for a couple of nights. But we knew there was no point. Uh, and I, I think I've not managed to respond to them or even fully look at the email, but they emailed me about half an hour ago. I can only imagine they emailed me to tell me, uh, don't bother coming. Uh, yeah. that, was another, that was another poor thing as well. We had, a, we had a, somebody give us vouchers for six, six by Nico at the wedding. And we were going to go on Saturday night and then obviously couldn't. But, I mean, it was fine. My mum came round, uh, so we just still managed to stay up to about 4am drinking. Um, so it was a good night. And, yeah, it's, I mean, for me so far, it's kind of... I'm not hating this. <laughs> I, I quite like working from home. Uh, I like the mm-hmm. fact that when I'm, when, when I'm writing an article, I'll put music on. I've always liked doing that. When I'm doing social media stuff or doing a gallery... I'll put on a podcast and then if I've got half an hour where nothing's really happening, I can just put the telly on. 
and it, it's kind of good. It's kind of it kind of suits what I like. But I have found it very hard to do an exercise and be motivated that way. I, I normally find it quite easy to exercise because I'm out and about, and I usually substitute running for walking or getting a bus, for example. I'll, I'll usually run to a destination, and now that there's nowhere really to run to, I've found it quite hard. So I had a chiropractor today. I had my first run in like two weeks, and fucking hell, I was blowing at Mars. It was tough. But it was also good that there was like nobody really to run past, and it also made it a bit more interesting when you were running past somebody to try and keep like a six feet difference between them. Uh, so that that made it a bit more interesting. But yeah, it's it's just a it's very weird out there. It's a strange atmosphere. Yeah, definitely is. I mean, I I, I don't hate the idea either. I, I I agree with a lot of what you said there. I haven't actually worked from home yet, but I will be once I'm back from Wednesday, and. Yeah, like for a few of the reasons you mentioned there, I, I like the idea of I, I don't have to spend time commuting. Uh, I don't have to prepare, make sure I've got meals prepared for before I go in and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that kind of thing. And yes, it's a bit of an inconvenience having to stay indoors a bit more than I usually would. But I mean, I should be OK. I should come out the end of it all right. So I'm not too worried about having to do that and just make sure I don't pick it up or infect somebody else. Yeah. When I was yeah. when I was younger, I never and I barely ever went outside. Went outside to play football or watch football. Other than that, I would I would lie on my couch and watch TV or play football manager for hours and ends. So I'm kinda looking forward to that kind of nostalgia of doing fucking nothing. Yeah, it has kind of it's reminded me of being back at university when I really was a lazy cunt and would barely leave the house and like just not show for uni for like a week. Like every day promising myself I'd go and wake up and go, nah, I think I'm just gonna play Pro-Ev instead. Uh, I've kind of shook myself out of that and uh, probably wouldn't be where I am today if I'd, if I'd kept that kind of mindset. So trying not to slip back into that. That's, I'm cr- trying to think of reasons why I should leave the house every day. Now, we'll wait to see what happens if there is a lockdown and what that means, but I've heard that in other countries you can still kind of go for a run, for instance. Um, so that would be decent because if not, I don't know what else I'll do. I'm, I'm not... I'm really not motivated enough to do fucking lifts in the house or whatever, or, or, you know, things of that nature. So I'd like to, so for instance, like I left a jacket at my dad's, he lives down at least, it's quite far from here, for those who are unaware. And I've just said, like, don't, he came up on Sunday, but I was like, don't bring the jacket. It's like, I'll, um, because I'll, I'll run down later in the week and that'll be an excuse to get some exercise. Uh, but yeah, I'll need to wait yeah, to see what, what Boris announces. Yeah, big thing in the lockdown is whether and what, what the, the kind of the, the terms and conditions, so to speak, of it will be very interesting because if you're not actually allowed to go out or like walk or exercise, because I don't think that's the case in Italy where uh, I seen a video on 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 social media and the I think it was like different mayors or governors of uh, provinces or or towns where we're going mental at people for even just going out and walking their dogs. So. I'm yeah, not there's too- like a list of reasons, there's a list of four or five reasons that you're allowed to leave your house in Italy. Um, how enforceable it all is, I, I, I'm not sure though. Right, we should probably talk about what's happening in Scottish football over the last few days. Uh, but before we get to that, let's just have a quick word from our sponsors. I'm Josh Schneider-Weiler. And I'm John McKenzie. We know that the football news cycle never slows down. But sometimes, don't you wish it did? On the Football Today podcast, we give you in-depth analysis of the most interesting stories from around the world of football. And hear from the most knowledgeable journalists in the game. You can listen to each episode in the time it takes for a single commute. 
So join us now and subscribe to Football Today, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Fowler once again here to bring you an offer of free beer. Who doesn't love free beer? Well, we've partnered up once again with the good people at Beer52.com and they're giving our listeners the opportunity to sip eight delicious and painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash terrace and just cover the postage of 4 95 And if that wasn't enough, as a listener of the terrace, you'll get an extra two free beers. So that's ten free beers in total for terrace listeners. B52 are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise then that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer52 deliver a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, South Africa, New Zealand, California and many more. As an independent UK company, Beer52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer52 is that you can leave any time. The power is in your hands. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, your case will include the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you'll receive, and a beery snack is thrown in just to top it off. If you don't like dark beers, you can choose the light plan instead. Easy. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash terrace to get your case free. And don't forget right now, the Terrace listeners get two extra beers free. Okay, Joe, let's begin with Aberdeen. So they brought out a statement today. I know you read it because you put up a piece up for the Scotsman. So yep. it was Dave, Dave Cormack talking to supporters. So first of all, what did he say and what's your take on it? So he was... It, <laughs> I'm just going to get up just now, but he was very, very, uh, it was very blunt and he was very tra- transparent. It was, it was a pretty good uh, statement by all accounts just to, in, in terms of his honesty, he didn't try, and, uh, didn't try to hide behind it. So basically it was just the usual kind of, uh, the priority is obviously everyone's health, the well-being, but he broke it down in terms of uh, the fact that he gave numbers is was a big thing. So, they have, uh, he said that Aberdeen are in a healthy financial position. They're free of external debt. They've got £1.5 million in the bank. And I think their last, so this was for the 2018-2019 accounts, their wages to turnover percentage was in the 50s, which is which is very good. I think the, the, the most you want to is 60, uh, mid-60s, I think, without going into, I think, what they call as a red zone. However, they had expected to get £1 million from their four home league games and the Scottish Cup semi-final for the rest of the season. And then they estimated £5 million in season ticket sales, hospitality and shirt sales um, up until mid-July. kind of like mid mid-July. And they've said that the running costs are £1.2 million per month. So they basically have a £5 million black hole. Were they, sorry, they're expecting five million pound in outgoings over the next three to four months with no expected income. Sorry, so what do you reckon? Do you reckon we're going to see a similar thing with Hearts where some sort of cost cutting has to come into effect or are they not quite that bad? They, this is one where he is... Uh, so So basically, the, the big line that came out for me is the situation is clearly unsustainable. So basically, no club, whatever the size, scale or level investment can withstand a total lack of income. He says that they'll have to face some tough decisions. So I think um, 
I think there's Anne Budge got a lot of criticism, and she, in terms of uh, my view on Anne Budge, she deserves a lot of criticism for certain aspects of her financial uh, situation at Hearts. But making taking that decision to ask for a pay cut, I think she is. I think she is generally going to lead the way. I think that's going to be what's what's happened around the league, and I think that's what's what's happening potentially with Aberdeen. I think they are going to consider their ne- their next options, but I don't see how. I don't see how they can they, they can man- manage the situation without asking for players to ask, uh, take a significant wage reduction unless it's, it comes from outfit, outside investors. Basically, just basically keep us going. Yeah, because one thing that can save a few clubs, if, if this carry well, not save, but at least help a few clubs, is if this carries on the way it's going right now, and... I mean, the want the season's done by the end of June. I, I really don't see that happening. I, I think we've all said that. Sorry, I'm just saying it's not happening. It's definitely not yeah, happening. Definitely not happening by the end of June. And say we have to go into, say we have to wait until September or, or whatever. Players' contracts are still going to run out this summer. Now, uh, it's a few clubs in the in the top flight that might be a decent thing. Hearts have got 13 players, for example. Although there are a few young players there uh, coming off the books. Aberdeen only have four. Mm-hmm. And none of them are first team regulars, so there's there's not a lot of money that Aberdeen can save by releasing players in um, late May or late June or whenever the the contracts finish. But they do have an owner with deep pockets, so I wonder whether he'll manage to to be able to to at least bail them out in a, in a way that Anne Budge couldn't or wouldn't. The big thing for me is, is the. When you talk about that, is the repercussions? So, if Dave Cormack dips into his, his pocket, or they get investment from from elsewhere, is that whether this was investment that they could have got further down the line? So, it's I think it's going to stop like a lot of clubs' progress if they've uh, if they've kind of looked at medium to long term progress in terms of uh, finances. I think it's just people are just going to uh, clubs are going to hit the wall and hit, hit our wall, I should say, not the wall. Hit a wall, and it's almost like some clubs might go back to kind of in, in terms of square one, uh, where they were from, in, in terms of having this money in the, in the bank for like a rainy day. Are we going to get an angry um, column from Chris Boyd for every club that cuts some costs? I, I I haven't I've enjoyed Tam McManus and Chris Boyd being tagged into loads of tweets about uh, so getting copied into Aberdeen's statement and other clubs who've said they're going to have to cut costs. Yeah, uh, I think Bill Leckie had a column today as well, did he not? I've missed that. I didn't read that. I, I just saw the headline. It was like along the lines of uh, Hearts are paying the the price for uh, paying players with money they didn't have. So if they, yeah. so if they could have seen this coming. I mean. <laughs> I mean, there is there is like a there is like a kernel of an argument there. There is, I mean, Hearts have obviously not spent wisely. There's no secret that Hearts haven't spent wisely. But but yeah, there's going to be lots of clubs that um, are a few months of low income away from having to do something like this or going to the wall completely. I mean, there's clubs like Inverness. I know they're the, the example that always gets brought up, but they were they were close without something like this happening. They were already struggling. I think with Heart situation. They were. I think they were clearly spending a, a lot more money to try and stop the club from from getting relegated because yeah. of how much that would have cost them. And then this happens at the worst possible time, and also while they're still bottom of the league. So if the season is just ended 
not voided, but ended, and Hearts have to be relegated. And that, that was just, it's like a perfect storm of fucking hell. <laughs> the club is absolutely fucked. But I'm not sure how much of that they could see coming. I mean, yeah, fair enough. We don't know what the finances would have been like if they'd just gone down normally and the season had ended. But you never know. Maybe they, like a lot of players had release clauses. Maybe they could sell a couple of players. Aaron Hickey, for example, that they're, they're probably not going to be able to do. Uh, we'll get on to talk about him uh, soon. And we're actually going to talk about Hearts briefly because Stephen Naismith and uh, the assistant manager, Jorg Sievers, have both accepted the 50% wage cut. Uh, Stendhal, I think since the last time we've been on, Daniel Stendhal has said he'll work for free, but he also let it be known that he uh, can walk uh, if he wishes to, if the club is relegated for, for nothing. Craig, what's your, what's your take on the, the latest goings on at the the premier crisis club in a, <laughs> in a country full of crisis clubs? Uh, it really comes across as... Uh as much of a PR move as anything else. Um, I think Naismith clearly can afford to forego 50% of his wages. I mean, I, it's not to take anything away from from him doing it. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a great gesture and all those kind of things. And obviously they're trying to they're trying to show that he's a captain and he's kind of leading by example. But at the same time, uh, his statement was uh, careful to say that he wasn't trying to have a go at anybody that wasn't going to accept this kind of thing, like players like Di Camona, who's now going back to France to be with his family and that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I, I, being a bit cynical, I did see it as a little bit of a PR move, that statement last night, given the the, the flack that Anne Budge has had for the way she's kind of handled this. Also as well, with, with Naismith, I mean, he's got a four-year deal. So he's he's in the first year of his four-year deal. He is not really going to go anywhere else, really. I mean, if Hearts go down, I suppose he could like try and engineer a move to go to Kelly, for example, go back to his first club. But I think if he sees Hearts, and if Hearts go down, especially, I think, Joe, I think you wrote this in the in one of your social posts for the Evening News. If Hearts go down, if Stendhal leaves, he's the next manager, isn't he? Yeah, so one of the one of the fans. Uh, so I did a fan reaction of uh, Naismith doing like having the fifty percent fifty percent cut, and one of the fans did say he's going to be the next manager. This is something that got touted when Craig Levine was in uh, charge, and it was something that I think Austin McPhee wasn't very happy that I wrote uh, when he was in, interim boss, and it, it did seem like like Naismith was just I maybe didn't put it across fantastically, but he seemed like it was he seemed at the top of the tree. Naismith seemed at the top of the tree. It's not quite like like that with Stendhal. I wouldn't be surprised, and especially with if Hearts get relegated, Stendhal will go. There's there's no doubt about that. And it's probably best for Hearts if he does because I believe he's on a lot of money. That if they do, Naismith would be a kind of cheap option. Yeah, because you're already paying him anyway. The old, the old Colin Nish at uh, Cowdenbeath scenario. You've given a veteran striker a, a contract, a longer contract than you should have done. You're now in the shit. You've been relegated. Give the job to him. As long as it doesn't end up like it did for Cowden Beath, uh, that, would, that would be all right. Let's be honest. He's been auditioning for it on the park for two years. So, exactly. He's been the he's been the captain. You know, he's not actually been the captain, but he's basically been the captain since he turned up. And. I don't know whether you do the player manager thing. I guess Hearts in the Championship would be a good way to actually do it. But he certainly seems like somebody who will certainly go into the coaching at some point 
uh, any any future because he coaches every single game, and you'd have to think as well with the the kind of profile he has that he'd be a manager sooner rather than later. And the first two players out the door would likely be Uchi and Christoph Berra. <laughs> J- just uh, this is this isn't anything I I know. Uh, it's just judging on who the um, who gets most who, exasperated with. Yes, who provoked most of his ire, and it was and, and it's those two. Gonna need better. There's need else. Also, he's good in the championship. Yeah, <laughs> fair point. <laughs> Right, uh, there was another thing I wanted to bring up because uh, I so I done an interview on uh, yeah it was Saturday so, sorry Sunday Sunday afternoon I done an interview with the Edinburgh City Chairman Jim Brown and uh, just to, it was mainly so he could uh, say a thank you to supporters for their generosity with the club's crowdfunders a just given page for fans to to donate to Edinburgh City. Uh, I think they've raised over three grand so far, but I, th- I think the majority of that, or at least, sorry, about, about half of that has come from two of their youth teams, because Edinburgh City have always been kind of renowned in Edinburgh for having a, a kind of lengthy youth set-up. So the youth teams have, have donated to the first team. And while that sounds weird, it's basically because youth teams do fundraisers so they can play games, because it costs money to play games. They have the, this money in the bank, and because they're not playing games, that's not costing them any money. And because they're they're kids... They don't have any outgoings. So they're not paying these children, obviously, to, to play football or, or to sit on their backside playing PS4 during this uh, lockdown. So the youth clubs are now given to the first team because the first team's obviously going to struggle. And what he was saying, he was kind of similar to Cormac. He was very, very open and honest with the, with the kind of figures that, that they're, they're going to be experiencing. So he was saying that for... They received £4,000 from the SPFL and that was basically just the licensing money that they'd be due for next year kind of being given to them as an advance kind of thing or, or whatever. And they also, he says, in April, they're going, to, uh, they're going to receive the latest money that you get from the, the league, which is you get it kind of installments at the year and that's only £1,350 expected. So he says our income for the next Five months will be, or for however long this lasts, will be £5,130. And he says, had the season carried on as normal, it would be at least 10 times that. He also said as well that they had a brunch coming up uh, that was, I think, or sorry, that was a brunch, I think it was actually maybe even scheduled for yesterday, that was obviously cancelled. And he says that would have brought us in about 10 grand as well. So serious money. Uh, at the bottom end and part-time clubs he also reckons as well that part-time clubs aren't going to be able to get anything from the government fund it says they're looking into it he's not entirely sure but he, he thinks they won't be able to get anything from the 80% of wages because they're not they're just going to supplemental income for most of their players and most of their players will be claiming on their their one their, their main job the big <clears throat> reading reading interview so uh, read it earlier on and reading his interview with uh, Tony Brown a few weeks ago the the big thing that struck me was just when you compare it to what Aberdeen uh, Dave Cormack was talking about in, in terms of his figures looking five million one half one point two million one point five million uh, it's like million here million here million there but then you go to Edinburgh City and it's it's, it's the figures are so small that it's uh, it, it really it does hammer home how how big a difference is even in Scotland from the top flight to to League Two and how much even just 
small amounts of donations to clubs like, I know because Rafe Rovers has been doing a Just Given page as well, Edinburgh say how much that can make a huge difference. Yeah, certainly. Right, moving on. One other thing to talk about, uh, just because this is, this is apparently what we should be talking about. Uh, if you look at the, the mainstream, which is that uh, should Celtic be given the title? <laughs> <laughs> Celtic, Celtic and Rangers make Scottish football go around, don't they? In terms of like all, all the talk about them, and there's nothing else to talk about right now other than continually should Celtic be given the title or yeah. should it be avoided? Try and sum up the tediousness for us. Yeah, I was just going to say, ex Celtic player says Celtic should be awarded the title. I mean, shock. It just like, like I said the last time I was on, it's just they just so happen to be split into two separate camps and they. Both want the thing that's the best for their team. Like absolutely no selflessness whatsoever. Um, yeah, I mean, was the question? Are you asking me where where the title should go or what should happen? Is that the question? No, no. I was just I was just asking what you said about the tediousness, but you've summed that up well. But no, I do have another question for you, which is uh, the of you saw today or yesterday, uh, John Hartson. He, he's gone. You said selfish or selflessness. John Hartson's gone one step further. He reckons that Rangers should be the ones that should be selfless and they should say that Celtic deserve to win the title because they get a lot of credit for that because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, they were talking as if the Highland League should set a precedent for the Premiership. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really think it should. Um, I was on Tom English's side in that debate, I think. He was saying, well, why why shouldn't it be the other way about... um, why shouldn't Celtic do the right thing and say, right, well, we'll just we'll just give this up, and we'll play for it again next season? Um, I, I don't think there's an easy answer here. I don't I don't have an answer here, but uh, it's funny watching the, uh, the 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 tribal debate continue even after this, even while this is going on. Um, on on you go. So sorry, just uh, sorry, Sky. It's just it's just a, it's just a goal of t- uh, those on either side. They they, they can they just they show no. Uh, it just they just show so, uh, they're, they're so partisan that they it's not it's not like they're saying it with, uh, with any humor they're they're deadly serious rather than just like kind of um, they're just setting setting one way and they won't, kind of won't hear the uh, the opposite point it's, it's it's very tedious and I would I would have loved to seen the uh, love to seen it if Rangers were three points behind like with a game in hand yeah I, the I think um, Celtic fans now have two options they now have to see the season voided. They're not choosing, but you know what I mean? Two things are going to happen. One of two things are going to happen. The season's going to be voided and they're going to have to win an extra title to get 10 in a row or they're going to get awarded this one and 10 in a row is forever going to have an asterisk next to it. That's kind of good. Would you rather? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What will happen? What will probably happen, right? Season will get voided. Celtic will win nine in a row next season and then Rangers will win the season after. I'm almost certain that's going to happen now. No, I've got it. I've got it. So this this season is going to be voided. Celtic will win the title next season. They'll then win the title the season after to win ten in a row. Rangers will win the title after that, and Rangers will say it wasn't ten titles in a row because they had that season that didn't count. It was two titles in a row. Sorry, what? I was just saying. Yeah, that was, I was just backing up. It's uh, saying that Rangers fans will claim it was two titles in a row. That's ah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Hi, you won. <laughs> you won eight titles in a row, and then you won two titles in a row, but you didn't win ten in a row. That'll be it. It's like it's like when Rangers fans are deadly serious about the fact that they say that Celtic's first four titles didn't count because Rangers or or exactly. sorry three of the first three or four of the first five didn't count because Rangers weren't in the league. 
Yeah, there's always something. There's always something like that. And this is going to continue for it. This is, this is going to be the next decade of debate between Rangers and Celtic fans and titles is going to be the fallout from this. So strap yourself in. There's in each in each of Celtic and Rangers Wikipedia pages, there will be a section on coronavirus, uh, coronavirus controversy. Yeah, Celtic Wiki. <laughs> right, uh, Craig, I'm gonna, Craig, we're going to go to you uh, for for this final one. Uh, it is transfer rumours. Because you, you mentioned this, I think, in the chat. That mm-hmm. There are transfer rumours. Uh, apparently, Arsenal are, are ready to make a, a £30 million bid for Odson Edward. And uh, a, an unnamed English club are ready to make a £1 million bid for Aaron Hickey, who are also being tracked by Celtic. To Celtic are seeing if they can maybe get him on the cheap. Uh, Celtic also have a 30% selling clause and anything the Hearts get from Hickey. But it's as you made the point, it's very weird because I don't think many transfers are going to happen for a while. It'll be interesting to see if there's a decision made on it. Uh, we, we still have to sort out what's going to happen with contracts. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the authorities say about transfer windows and things like that, whether those are suspended or... yeah, I, I, I don't know. So it, it was just a bit weird given what the current climate is to wake up in the top story. I mean, it's still interesting. I'm not, I'm not arguing for it being there. It was just a little bit uh, slightly jarring to see Hickey linked with a couple of clubs as the kind of top story on the, on the Scotsman site today. Uh, just given, given that everything's just been, uh, all the coverage has been about coronavirus for, for a, about a week now. I can't see. So this is, this is a point I actually wanted to make with when we're talking about Aberdeen and that when they're talking about having to make up that shortfall, but they, they can't even go into the, the the transfer window and say sell Scott McKenna to try and get some money in, because I just don't think any club, even the richest in the in the Premier League, in the Championship, are going to be in a position where they are, when they where they can budget and start rebuilding a squad or building a squad for a a season that they don't know what season they're going into it's just it's it's all up in there so I think any don't don't get me wrong I'm still doing the live blog so I'll be um, pouncing on any transfer transfer stories going but I just can't see how many clubs can start building or looking ahead because they don't know they don't know what their budget's going to be because of the financial uncertainty they don't know what division they're going to be certain clubs don't know what division they're going to be in because the league's not being decided don't know what season we're going to come back in whether it's going to be is he going to be uh, cup-tied? Like, if, he, if he signs for Celtic, is he going to be cup-tied when we get the Scottish Cup? Yeah. There's just so many variables which can happen. That it's, it's, it's so strange to, to, to talk about uh, the transfer window. I, I said this, the, the word has been used all the, all the time, but it's just, it's just unprecedented because you get to, looking from my job perspective, when you get into the summer, it's all about transfer window uh, and, and transfers. It's just, it's, it's just going to be, it's just so surreal and bizarre. It certainly is. Uh, I think that's a good point to leave it on. Guys, thanks very much for joining me. And yeah, we'll be back again on Thursday. God knows what we'll talk about, but we'll find, or Thursday or Friday, we'll, we'll find something to talk about later in the week. And we're still putting up Patreons. So if you want to hear more content from us, head over to patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks very much. Stay safe, everybody. See you. Cheers, cheers. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.